Imagine traveling the world while taking your work with you and making money along the way. Sound good, right? Don't go anywhere so you can learn how this one digital nomad has done this. Yes, you are here. Bienvenida to the Her Dinero Matters podcast, a mixed language podcast hosted by me, Jen Hemphill, to help you become the reign of your money and love your dinero more. If you are needing some inspiration and encouragement at this very moment, you have come to the right place. Gracias por compartir este tiempo conmigo. Now let's jump in to today's Dose of Money Confidence. You made it. Estás aquí. Thank you so much for being here. I am Jen Hempel, your host. And today you will get to meet another Latina go-getter who lives a digital nomad life, which is simply she travels around the world, works, and sustains herself, makes money, and makes a living at it. Let me share with you a little bit about Tasha Prados. She helps aspiring social impact entrepreneurs launch their dream business in 90 days without letting overthinking hold them back. After four years at a top three global advertising agency working on multi-million dollar projects for Fortune 500 companies and U.S. government clients, Tasha started her own business and became a digital nomad in 2019. Tasha is going to be sharing her story, of course, her money story, as well as how launching your dream business is not as hard as you think. Lista? Vamos a conocer this reina of her money. Bienvenida, Tasha. I'm so excited to have you here and just get to know you. Welcome. Muchas gracias, Jen. Estoy emocionada. Yo también. <laughs> now, I got to meet you just in this past year. It's been about a month and I was really, really impressed about just everything about you, what you do, who you are as a person. So I wanted to bring you on. And on this podcast, we start off with going back in time. <laughs> so let's go back in time. If you could take us back in time to maybe cuando fuiste una niña, or maybe in your teenage years, tell us about your money story. Maybe there was a memory, some experience that you had that really shaped you, who you are today, especially when it comes to money. Yeah, definitely. Thank you so much. And thank you so much for having me. I definitely think that my upbringing and of course, all the experiences that I've had have so much shaped, of course, everything, but certainly my attitudes towards money. My parents are divorced and growing up, I could really see, I mean, I don't think at the time I felt like necessarily we were poor, but you know, you could see that it was like a little bit different than other kids, like, you know, always having like secondhand hand me down clothes. And sometimes I wanted new clothes <laughs> and always like, you know, bringing lunch and stuff like that, which isn't uncommon, right? And certainly we were way better off than a lot of other people. And I think that really instilled in me an attitude of gratitude, <laughs> just being thankful for what we had. 
but I could definitely see that not having money created a lot of stress and tension for my parents and for their relationship as well. And I remember when I was 16, I went with a nonprofit organization to El Salvador to do some work building schools and water systems. And that was kind of my first trip by myself outside of the U.S. and really sort of living and working alongside people who, you know, were, were basically living below the poverty level. But it's very cliche to say, but like you could still see that just because they didn't have financial resources, like they were still happy. They still had great relationships. They still lived full lives, you know. So I think there's a lot of different sides to money and to our attitudes towards it. You know, on the one hand, I felt super grateful for everything that I had. And I felt a real responsibility to give back to my community. And on the other hand, I could also see that if I could have more money and more financial security, that might reduce the stress for myself or family members or whatnot. So I think those are the two main things that that came out of that. I love that. And I love that you brought up how you mentioned the different sides of money, how you saw in El Salvador a poverty or people that did financially didn't have, well, not necessarily the resources. They were obviously resourceful. <laughs> we know yeah, that. Absolutely. But that they didn't have maybe much money, but they were still happy. And the same is true with my family too, right? I think, you know, despite not having as many resources, like we always had fun, like we made our own fun, you know, we went to a lot of parks. <laughs> right, right. And I think that that's important. Is, but I know, I don't know if you have found this because you also mentioned that one of the things that was instilled within you was gratitude. And I don't know if it came up for you, but I know it came up for me because that was instilled with me or in me as well. But one of the things that I struggle with, and I'm just curious if this was you too, is that because I had that gratitude, like, you know, we have a roof over our head, we have that plate of food in front of us, I yeah. felt guilty for wanting more. So I'm just curious, did you experience because it wasn't that they were saying in a negative way of be grateful, don't ask for more, but it felt like that was an indirect conversation to me. So I'm just curious, you know, again, I don't think that was the intention <laughs> of anyone around me, but later on, I felt guilt for wanting more or having more. Yeah, I would say more. I felt guilt for everything that I did have. Mm. You know, like there's okay. the classic example of my parents would always be like, you have to finish all the food on your plate, you know, because <laughs> right. other people don't have food. I think, you know, seeing other people who had less than we did really made me feel like, why is it that I get to have all these things and other people don't, you know, that's not right. Yeah. And I wanted to dig into this more a little bit because as uh, Latinas, as Latinx or Latinos, depending on how you identify yourself, are you... A a daughter of immigrants or? Yes, I'll give you a slightly long-winded version, actually. <laughs> my mom's side, both of my grandparents were Austrian Holocaust survivors and came okay. to the U.S. from Austria. On my dad's side, my dad is Puerto Rican and his dad was in the U.S. military, so they moved around a lot. I know you're familiar with that lifestyle. Yes. My grandpa on that side met his wife at Fort Leavenworth in Kansas. 
So she is Irish and Polish. And my dad actually got made fun of a lot in Puerto Rico at Catholic high school because for being a continental, for not speaking good Spanish and for having been in the continental U.S. But then on my mom's side, my mom actually grew up a lot in Spain and Venezuela. So she speaks excellent Spanish. Wow. And sometimes mm-hmm. acts more Latina than my dad. So I think identity is complicated, right? Oh, yeah. And I'm with you. We did time in Fort Leavenworth, by the way. Not that type of time. But <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you understand why I, I do, said that. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, I bring that up because, and it's interesting because we have a lot of things in common with the mixes. Mi papa es un gringo. Es más Latino que otros Latinos también. So we have that in terms of identity, but I'm curious, we were talking about feeling the guilt of having more and whether you're an immigrant or uh, second gen or wherever you fall, I'm curious because I know that comes up because we tend to come to this country for a better way of life. And it's a lot through a lot of hard work and sacrifice depending on your own situation. But I don't know, I don't have percentages of like who succeeds to you having better. But I think in general, it does become better. So what I'm trying to say here, all those long winded is that in coming to the US as Latinx, we tend to have a better life. Now, I'm saying that generally because your definition of a better life can vary. Uh, So how do we tackle that guilt? I'm just curious what your thoughts. I know that I'm just diverging. It's such a good question. And I think it's so related to my Latinidad and to Latinidad in general. I think also, especially being Puerto Rican and having U.S. citizenship, Mm. You know, I have grown up with and had a lot of friends who are undocumented. So I think there's so many different sides to it. And stop me because I'll probably go on a few rants here. But (laughs) I think there's the aspect of having the privilege of U.S. citizenship, right? That's a huge privilege that sometimes we as Americans don't always realize when we go somewhere else in the world, the privilege of just having a U.S. passport that that affords us, right? For me, I'm light skinned and I'm sometimes perceived as white. I'm sometimes perceived as not white. So there's a lot of privilege that comes with that as well. Mm-hmm. I also think that just being American and having been born in America, especially when the U.S. has a somewhat you know, imperialist legacy of taking resources from the rest of the world, I really feel a responsibility to give back to the rest of the world. Um, and I actually started my career in international development. Okay. I think there's a lot of different sides to it. I think that that privilege and that guilt is related to that experience of having been born in the U.S., having light skin, having all the benefits and advantages that being an American entails. And so for me, I try to deal with that by giving back and by helping others build wealth and helping them make a difference and make our world a better place. I relate to that. And you also do this with your business in terms exactly. of helping others, which we'll talk in a little bit. And I completely relate to that. And that that makes sense because I also come from privilege in that sense of mi papa el gringo that automatically gave me that U.S. passport and U.S. citizenship that my lighter skin also comes with privilege. So I am 100%. So thank you. I was just, just curious what your thoughts because I never know where these interviews will take me. I just <laughs> go with <laughs> what is interesting to me. Now let's talk about 
you were in the corporate sector for a while. And then all of a sudden, you decided no more. I'm going to become an entrepreneur. I'm going to become a small business owner. What led to that? I'm curious because the yeah. stories are always interesting. So what <laughs> led to that? Yeah, I'll start from the beginning. So I actually started my career, like I said, in international development. I was a U.S. Peace Corps volunteer. And then I came back. I worked at a think tank, the United Nations Foundation and the Embassy of Afghanistan. Before we jump into today's content, keep your ears peeled for a unique reveal I'll be sharing midway through the show. It's something special just for you. And then I was like, you know, I really am good at communications, you know, probably comes from being bilingual and having to navigate a lot of different cultures. I really like diversity and working on a variety of projects. So I started looking at advertising agencies and I wound up at one of the world's top three advertising agencies called Ogilvy. And I worked there for four years with big U.S. government clients and Fortune 500 companies doing multi-million dollar campaigns, helping people get signed up for things like chronic care management services and helping people sign up for the Peace Corps. So really got to have a lot of really incredible experiences there. And I never thought I was going to be someone who would become an entrepreneur even though both of my parents are actually self-employed. I never thought it was a path that I would take, but I sort of really missed that aspect of, you know, when I was working in international development, I really felt like I was making a tangible difference. I wanted to work more directly with people. I really wanted to be able to help small businesses and entrepreneurs who were doing good and positive things for the world. And I also really wanted to travel and be a digital nomad. And somehow this all came together in this idea of starting my own business. So now I help aspiring social impact entrepreneurs launch their dream businesses and make an even bigger impact. And that has just been so rewarding. And I still actually also work with big companies, advertising agency, government agencies on a big basis, but I do that as a freelancer and as an entrepreneur and having a lot more say in my time and my hours and the projects that I work on, which has just been incredible for me. So interesting. Very interesting. And you with your business support yourself, correct? Yeah. So I wanted to talk about that because (laughs) that is definitely as a business owner that supports, you know, you support yourself. I'm sure it hasn't been like all roses, right? Petals and roses and all that. Yeah. I don't think that's the same, but that's how it came out. (laughs) Yeah. I'm curious, what has been some of the struggles for you? Because you have to rely on yourself. If you don't make the money, how are you going to pay the bills? So you aren't just paying the bills to sustain yourself as an individual, but you're also paying the bills to sustain the business. Right. So that's no easy task. So talk to me about that. Yeah, I think and a lot of people too, it's very scary to leave a stable paycheck and a sure thing and take this big risk, right of starting your own business. I actually make more money now than I did in my corporate job. (laughs) So that's pretty awesome. But you're right, it was not all smooth road, right? It was not all smooth sailing. I first quit my job in September 2019 to start my own business and become a digital nomad. And I had this plan, right? I was going to travel and I was going to do marketing workshops all around and, and try to work with other digital nomads and, you know, do free marketing workshops so they could understand, you know, what it is I do and how I could help them and then sign people up for like a paid program. I very quickly realized that digital nomads did not have a lot of money. (laughs) 
<laughs> and that they didn't fully understand the value of marketing. So I realized that I needed to change my target audience. Mm. And I switched away from working with digital nomads and I switched towards working with aspiring social impact entrepreneurs who already have a business idea and they know they want to launch a business, but they're just really struggling with figuring out, you know, what is the right path? What are the steps I need to take? You know, they're probably already, you know, doing their own research and starting to explore. Maybe they've even already created a social media page or a website or had a few clients, but they realize that they are spending a lot of time learning about things that aren't their area of expertise, and they could really use some help and some guidance, making sure that they're on the right path. So I found a lot of success with that. And I also found a lot of success working with big US and European based companies who really understand the value of what I do, and have the money to pay for it. Right, makes sense, makes sense. And I'm also curious, because a part of what you do is helping someone that wants to become a small business owner, right? Absolutely. And I'm curious too, with the pandemic, right? We're still living this <laughs> pandemic life, if Indeed. you will. And then there is that term, the great resignation. Have you seen like in your business, I mean, you're fairly new, you said 2019. So it's right pre-pandemic. Have you seen a rise? I mean, not just in your business, but in what you see in general with people just launching a business. I'm taking a quick second to interrupt your listening to remind you, this show relies on your support to continue to grow. If you get a ton of value, it would mean everything if you can hit the follow button on wherever you listen to share with a friend and give us a quick and honest review gracias y te mando muchos abrazos absolutely i mean a lot more people are launching businesses now for so many reasons we have a lot of people who are fed up with their current employer they feel like they're not being valued they're not being paid enough, they're not being respected enough, their work-life balance is not good enough. And it's honestly really sad that people are having to start businesses just to feel respected and valued and have decent work-life balance, but that's literally what's happening. So that's one thing. Another thing is people being forced into doing it because you know they've been laid off or they had to quit or whatever. And so this is something that they realize either, you know, I've been thinking about doing this for a long time, you know, now is a good moment, like, let me try and do this now. Or they do it from a more place of like, I need to survive, I need to support myself. This is how I can do that. There's also people who are still working and employed full time and who are starting side hustles, because they feel like they're not getting enough at work. And maybe they're not ready to take that full leap. So they're like, okay, like, let me build this on the side so that I'm spending some of my precious time and energy building something for myself. And then I'm going to quit a little bit down the road when I feel really secure and confident about it. Absolutely. There are a lot more people who are starting businesses right now. And I mean, unfortunately, the pandemic has also killed some businesses, right? Some businesses haven't been able to survive, but we are seeing a lot of new businesses. I can imagine. And what would you be some of your recommendations? Because as we touched upon earlier, you're your sole provider, you support yourself through this business. So for those that are in your same shoes, what are your recommendations? I know that you shared with me that you save money, you save some money before saying, okay, I'm a full, you know, I'm going to go into business. 
so what would you, and you also shared that it wasn't all smooth sailing and that, that you had some money saved, which was great. So what would you recommend to people that are like in your shoes and what would you change if you were able to go back? Yeah, absolutely. I would say definitely save money before you take the leap. The more money you have saved up, right, the bigger your financial cushion is going to be and the less pressure you're going to have on yourself to make things fly immediately. I'd say if you have the option, the more you can do to test and validate your idea before you quit your job and launch, like the safer you will feel. I actually have a lot of resources for those who are thinking about starting a business. And I know Jen and I are maybe going to do a webinar on this. So I think she'll, she'll share the details afterwards. So I would say definitely sign up for that webinar because I'll talk about all the things you should be doing if you're thinking about starting a business. But I would say, you know, in addition to that, just getting really clear on your goals. When do you want to launch your business? You know, if you're going to quit your job, when do you want to quit your job? Set a date and that's really going to help you work backwards and make sure that you're staying on track for all the things you want to achieve. For starting your business, it's super important to get really clear on who you're going to serve and how are you going to serve them. And then, of course, the most important is why you want to have this particular business for this particular person. You know, where is it that your strengths and skills match up with the needs of this person and with the market so that you can feel confident that there's going to be an audience out there that's going to buy your product? Right. No, that's really good advice because you do hear definitely want to have some money and you do hear, you know, you want to know your goals, but sometimes it takes something needs to connect because we hear about that. We hear about know who you serve. And sometimes even though we think we know who we want to serve, sometimes that changes, right? And I'm sure you've seen that. I mean, you experienced that too yourself. (laughs) Absolutely. It's always interesting. And I'm curious too, just in wrapping this up, because you were in the corporate sector, then you decided to launch your business. But what brought you to just helping other business owners and launching their business? I think you touched upon it earlier, but I want to know, like, what is it? Like, why, you know, what it could have been another business, but you decided, you know what, I want to help those that want to launch a business. Absolutely. And honestly, it's because I felt like this is an area where I can really make a difference and I can really help people when they need it the most. You know, new business owners just starting out, like you don't know what you don't know, right? Right. And there's so much to learn and so much to do. And it's really overwhelming to try to figure everything out. And I'm like, this is expertise that I have and I can impart on you and I can, you know, make accessible and boil down all these like industry best practices that have been used on multi-million dollar campaigns and make them accessible to like mom and Joe pop, right? Like so that when they're starting their business, whether it's selling popsicles or helping people reduce their waste consumption, that they can do that in the most effective and efficient way possible that's going to make them the happiest and make a difference in the world. So honestly, it's selfish of me. I do it because it makes me feel good and I like (laughs) doing it. And it's also something that I can do. It's a way that I can give back. And I think it's a skill that I have that I can contribute. And that skill, if I heard you right, is something that you built through your time in the corporate sector as well, Absolutely, which because yeah. you're bringing that knowledge from these big companies to 
the small or the aspiring small business owner. Absolutely. I love that because you definitely can learn. I mean, that's a huge benefit for those (laughs) working with you for sure. This has been a fantastic conversation, Tosh. I really appreciate it. I appreciate you and, and what you do. It is inspiring and I love everything, like as I mentioned before, what you're about and what you bring to the table are for other entrepreneurs. I know even though I've been in business for a bit, I know I, I can learn from you. So <laughs> thank you so much for being here, Tasha. Thank you, Jen. It's been such an honor. And thank you so much for everything you do for our community. I always enjoy getting to know our guests and today was no different. If Tasha's story resonated with you, connect with her on Instagram at Duraka dot strategic and I will have that link in the show notes so there's no need to try to memorize that. Also, if as you were listening to this episode and you are thinking, I want to learn more because I'm starting a business or looking to start a business, we've got you covered. I have partnered with Tasha where she is going to teach you how to launch your dream business in 90 days without letting over thinking, holding you back. What does this mean in terms of me partnering with Tasha? Am I going to teach? No, she's going to teach because she's the expert. But in partnering with her, simply I am inviting you to this online class where she shares her expertise. And at the end, she will offer her product. And for those that make sense, you'll get to benefit from that. And because of that, I would get compensated if you purchased her product. Of course, she is very low pressure or else I wouldn't even be sharing this with you because I am not that type of person. Now that I got that out of the way, this online class is happening on Tuesday, March 1st at 12 p.m. Eastern. So if you are working, you can hopefully join us during your lunch break. To register, just go to jenhemphill.com forward slash dream business. That is jenhemphill.com forward slash dream business. Of course, like always, I will have the link in the show notes. Next week on the podcast, we're going to have another solo episode in Espanol, which by the way, I'd love to know. How have you been liking them? In the episode of next week, we are going to talk about how to simplify our personal finances, and I'm going to be sharing with you some really great tips. Remember, these episodes in Espanol are for you or if you know someone that would benefit from content like this in Espanol, I would love for you to share that with you. Deal? Bueno pues, that is everything. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to tune into the show. Be sure to check out the show notes at jenhempill.com forward slash 297. That is jenhempill.com forward slash 297. Remember that being the reina of your money starts now at this very moment, simply with claiming it. I believe in you and so should you. Nos hablaremos el próximo jueves. Chao.